Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to piss off Memphis fans. Not on purpose. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't think Jordan Poole is a dirty player. Moran has come up limping here. Rubbing his right knee. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I haven't seen a single play where I thought that guy's a dirty player at all. Earlier on the show, Tampa Bay Times Bucks writer Rick Stroud. Coming up, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis. Longtime Boston Globe columnist Bob Ryan. Plus, ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air, uh, which means we've got two more hours to go on this program to come up with ways to quantify just how insane the contract Fox Sports is giving Tom Brady once Tom retires to call games for them. Uh, 10 years, $375 million, according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. We all woke up today to hear the news that uh, Fox had announced that Tom was going to join their number one booth the moment he retires. And uh, we don't know when that is. We talked to Rick Stroud about that from the Tampa Bay Times moments ago. Um, if you missed that, go to YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Just off the top of our number two, the latest way to quantify his contract uh, $375 million to call 200 games over 10 years is what Fox is giving Tom Brady. Uh, the first time that they bought an NFL package, it cost $400 million a year for Fox. It was one year of football. They gave uh, $400 million to the NFL for the right to broadcast one year of football. Now that's going to one specific individual to call 10 years worth of football games. Um, that noise you heard of a can popping open was uh, Susie Schuster sitting in for Chris Brockman. Would you would you pop open right there, Susie, to kick off hour number two of this program? I got a, a Lacroix. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> I'm make desperate. Sure, of <laughs> we got to make sure. Okay, uh, DJ Mikey D is uh, sitting next to. What if to it, what Susie? if it was an Archeroos wine? What if I had cracked open an Archeroos? Oh, good. To start it's the day? five o'clock somewhere. TJ, yeah. yeah. Susie, uh, so this got thrown together. Got thrown together. Yeah, but still. Uh, joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is one of our friends to uh, discuss the uh, new uh, rules. I guess that the D- Division One Board of Directors as they are called in the NCAA, uh, passed on Monday and is sending out to uh, all of their member schools to uh, try and rein in the collectives, as they're being called, these collectives that are being formed at schools by boosters, it appears, to come up with NIL money. It's like an NIL money pool for prospects to come to the school, which is not the intent of NIL deals. It's supposed to be given to kids once they're at the schools um, as a reward, not an incentive to come to the school. I figured, you know, to help us make heads or tails of this is is a man who uh, has that legal mind and also the mind of, uh, a, of a steel trap uh, to talk about the NCAA is our friend from the worldwide leader in sports on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Hello again to Jay Billis. How you doing, Jay? Great, Rich. How are you? Well, I'm not making Tom Brady money, but I'm feeling good <laughs> being a Michigan man. Jay, to be honest with you, well, we're all, we're all we're all striving to make make Rich Eisen money. The Tom Brady uh, money is the next step beyond that. I did not know that. That's next step. <laughs> I, I yeah, you could pull you could pull a, a quad making that next step. I'll tell you that, Jay. Got to be limber. Got to be careful about all that. Um, so, uh, w- what did you make of the ruling yesterday by the Division One Board of Directors on how to rein in, if you will, these collectives and 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 what constitutes being a booster? in this NIL world? 
Jay? You know, it's sort of typical, Rich, of the NCAA. Uh, they want to control every nickel that goes to an athlete. Um, and they were dragged kicking and screaming into this by different states that passed uh, NIL legislation, starting with California and then Florida and others. And then with the ass kicking they took at the United States Supreme Court level, um, that killed, in the Alston case, that killed amateurism. So amateurism is now dead. And what they're trying to do, then they move the goalpost to use a sports analogy to say, well, so now it's not amateurism. Now you just can't be employees and there can't be any inducements um, to get someone to go to a school or to stay at a school. It's got to be for your name, image and likeness that's separate from the, the school. So Typical of competition in the free market, these collectives have popped up, and there are 501c3 corporations largely. And how most of them work is they'll cut a deal with the player. The coach will go and say, hey, we're going to need $400,000 to get this, this player that we want, whether out of the transfer portal or somewhere else. So they'll deal with the, the, the player, the player's representatives, uh, cut a contract, and the player will have to do charity work, uh, spread out over a year or two or appearances or autograph signings or things like that in order to get the money. So it'll be some sort of retention thing. They feel good about, hey, he's doing charity work. They, he or she is doing charity work, that kind of thing. But really all it is is the same as a scholarship. It's it, We're providing this so you'll come here and you'll stay here. And when the NCAA says, well, we don't want pay for play, that's exactly what a scholarship is. It's just capped pay for play. And uh, uh, so the idea that, the, that this is antithetical to what college sports is about and all the coaches and ADs are complaining, you know, it, it, when they sign a contract and make millions of dollars, it's just business. But when a player does it, uh, now, you know, everybody's hair is on fire and we've got, you know, something that's going to shake the very foundation of college sports. And the truth is, it's, it's just business. And this is where it's headed. And before long, uh, because I think the NCAA and the member institutions are going to lose any lawsuit that comes its way about restricting athlete compensation. At some point in the near future, schools will just be signing players to contracts, and we'll get on to sort of, sort of the normal business aspect of it, and it'll be be orderly, and and it'll do just fine. Well, Jay, just to hit this a little bit harder, um, you know, it, it seems to me, based on my layperson's uh, view of it that the board of directors just recast what constitutes a booster and threw the collectives into that and saying that you can't have any contact with an athlete, their family members or, um, or anybody prior to them joining the school. And, and that's what they did. Uh, Did I misread that? Is there, did I miss something here? Uh, on that? That's what they're saying, but nothing nothing is going to come of it until they sanction someone, whether they sanction the collective or, or you know, with, with uh, they can disassociate people like they did in certain cases in the past with, with what they call boosters. But, you know, it's funny. They don't have a problem with a booster. Nobody said, hey, it's inappropriate for a booster to give a bunch of money to build athletic facilities, or it's inappropriate for a booster to give a bunch of money to have a coach fired or hired which happens all the time. It's only inappropriate when it has to do with an athlete. And what that, what that ignores is the the plain truth that these schools want to pay these players um, because it's happening. And any president of a university could put a stop to this by saying, we're not going to do this and we're not going to take any player that you're talking to, but they need those players. And, you know, look, I got a text recently from a, an assistant coach at a place where a player just got a, an $800,000 deal, two years, 400,000 a year and said, this guy's making more than I am. And you're saying, well, he's worth more. I mean, that's the truth. The player's worth more than the assistant coach, but, but we never seem to, we've always said the players aren't worth anything. The NCAA has always said that the players aren't really worth anything. You know, the, the, the values in the institution and the name on the front of the Jersey, not the name on the back. And when it opened up a little bit, um, they found out pretty quickly that that was a lie. Uh, these players have tremendous value in the marketplace, and and as soon as it, it opens up a little bit, uh, that value is being realized. And it's going to be realized even more. This is not the end of it. It's just the beginning. Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen Show. I've had, uh, leading up to the NFL draft, uh, Nick Saban 
and Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher and Mac Brown, just to name four college coaches. By the way, I'm not just name dropping. I'm just pointing out that I had these folks on prior to the draft, asked them all about this subject. Every last one of them said that there's no rules and that uh, it's not fair. Mac Brown even said he had a player come in and said, hey, I've been offered this much at another school. You match and I'm coming here. Um, so don't you th- shouldn't there be some sort of rules around the NIL um, deal or you just think it should be free market? Just go for it, everybody. Jay. Well, absent absent agreement with the players collectively, whether through a trade association or some sort of collective bargaining with the union, uh, what rules can you put in that aren't going to run afoul of federal antitrust law? Like, like, do any of these coaches, you know, ha- feel similarly when an assistant comes in and says, "Hey, look, I got an offer from another another school for more money, and if you can match it, great. If not, I'm going to take this offer." You know, they they call that business. You know, when a player does it, you know, the coaches aren't used to it. They've ruled with an iron fist for all this time, and they've, they've, they've basically had a free ride with regard to players. And they don't have that anymore. But you never saw the, these coaches say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, put the brakes on. We can't build these facilities here at our place because that's going to give us an advantage over some of these other schools. Or I'm not sure we should be flying private when some of these other schools have to bust the games. Uh, and I don't think I should make this much money because other coaches aren't being paid this much, and that's an advantage. Like it, it's ridiculous, and the whole thing's kind of laughable when you when you look at it in a in the the broader business context. I get it. Like if I didn't have to pay my employees, I'd be pretty happy with things. Um, but but sadly, you know, you, you actually have to pay your employees, and and that's the way the world works. And for all the coaches that say now, and look, I love these guys. I mean, I'm friends with them, mm-hmm. and, and we just happen to differ on this this issue. But when they say, this isn't what it's supposed to be about. This is supposed to be about education and mentoring young people and making them into better adults and all that stuff. Okay, if that's what you think it's about, you know, the doors to Division two and Division three are wide open. And coaching in high school, wide open. There's nothing that's stopping anybody from doing that if that's what you think it's really about. But, but, you know, in 90, people say that this is a transformational time, that we've never had this much upheaval, and that's simply not true. In 19, and you and I, Rich, have talked about this. In 1984, all the schools sued the NCAA when the NCAA was telling them how often they could be on television. They couldn't cut their own media rights deals, things like that. And they went to the Supreme Court, and the schools won. And now they could bundle all their TV rights with their conference, they, and Notre Dame could sell them individually. And the money went through the roof, and coaches were paid millions. Strength coaches are paid seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and higher, and and nobody said, "Wait a minute, this isn't what it's supposed to be about." It's a multi-billion-dollar entertainment industry that's run off college campuses, and the idea that we can do this, and and the essential workers, being the players, are gonna are gonna remain unpaid, is laughable. And the Supreme Court laughed the hardest in the Alston case when Justice Kavanaugh, in a concurring opinion, said, in any other business, the way the NCAA restricts athletes would be per se illegal. And they're not going to get away with it anymore. And what the, what that was really saying is, don't bring these lame arguments up here next time because you're going to lose again. And lower courts are going to see that. And they've read it. And, uh, and I don't think the NCAA is going to fare very well in future antitrust cases when they're trying to restrict athlete compensation. Um, it, it, look, the coaches are dealing with the transfer portal now. They've never had to deal with that. And they're dealing with the players that are making decisions now with money as a factor. It's not the only factor, but money's now a factor, and it was never a factor before. And they've not had to deal with that. Well, guess what? You've got to deal with it now. And, uh, and that's, uh, that, that's just the way it is. And they can complain about it. I get the complaints, but pretty soon they're going to stop complaining and they're going to start figuring out how to deal with it because this isn't going anywhere. So then what's the impediment, Jay Billis? I mean, you're describing a totally broken dam and and the D1 board of directors with a sandbag out there as as the dam has totally broken. Um, I mean, the president of the University of Georgia is the chair of the board, and I'm sure they've got enough lawyers to tell them what time it is in the same way that that you are. Um, What's the impediment here? Uh, Mark Emmert's leaving. Um, What do you think? Jay, well, like, impediment to impediment to what? Like, to, to, like, to, to, to implementing what you're talking about. Just saying, just figure, like, realize what time it is and come up with a system 
and a unionization process um, and contracts and some sort of uniformity that that makes this somewhat of a level playing field for some people as opposed to, uh, you know, catch as catch can. Like, what, what, do well, you, what do you think? Well, there are a couple things. Well, first of all, the reason they're not doing it is they don't want to because they, they know that the players are worth more than they are. And so uh, you know, asset allocation and money toward, toward um, you know, procuring talent is going to be funneled differently than it is now. Right now it's funneled to coaches and administrators and for facilities and all these other things. And they know that model is going to change, and talent procurement is going to is going to take even more money, and it's going to take money away from other things. And the NCAA structure, they look at that as their money, like that's our money. You know, it, 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 they don't look at it as, as as the athletes' money. Where it should be rich, and where I think it's ultimately headed in this, but when everybody wraps their head around it, is is just simply signing players to contracts. It's ludicrous to believe that these institutions and the coaches and all that, they know exactly whom to recruit and exactly whom to put in the game when they want to win. But they don't know how much the players are worth to them. They know exactly what they're worth. And, and you know, they, they, they make decisions on what to pay employees every day at these schools. And they have, they have tens of thousands of employees at each one of these institutions. And they're not sitting up at night going, what do we do? What do we pay the president versus the head of food service? Because both of them work really hard. In fact, the food service head works harder than the president. Uh, and, you know, sweating over those those hot pan, pots and pans. And that's unfair. And, you know, if the NCAA was really worried about a level playing field, we don't have one now, by the way. If they were really worried about that, there'd be spending caps on facilities and there'd be revenue sharing. And there's none of that. All of these institutions are market competitors against one another. They're market competitors for talent, whether players or coaches or administrators. They're market competitors for media rights dollars, and they're certainly market competitors you know, when they play against one another. They're all trying to win the most, make the most money, and, and advance their institutions through the use of athletics. They're all trying to do that. And so, you know, how is it that, that we could say, well, it needs to be fair with regard to athletes only. That's the only area of this business we're going to have a spending control. Everything else, free market, do whatever you want. Um, it, it's, it's an absurd notion. And, you know, the Supreme Court finally said so. It took, you know, it took the legal system a while to catch up to, to the fiction that the NCAA has put out all these years. But now they're having to deal with it. And, uh, and look, do I think that, that this thing by the board of directors is going to work? No. You're not going to stop the flow of money in this. It's not going to happen. And people can say, hey, you know, we shouldn't be building these facilities. We shouldn't be flying private. We shouldn't be playing 9 o'clock games in the middle of the week. Every game shouldn't be on television. They can all say that, but they're all doing it. And, and I used to laugh when, when administrators or coaches would say to me, how can these games be on at 9 o'clock? And I would say, look, respectfully, like we, we don't tell you when to play your games. You can play all of them at noon on Saturday if you want to. All we said to you was we'll, we'll pay more for 9 o'clock on Tuesday than we will for 1 o'clock on Saturday. And you said, okay, we'll play on Tuesday. That sounds great. You know, we didn't force them. Media rights company or media companies don't force these schools to play at certain times. They offer more money to play then, and, and they agree to it. You know, we don't force the coaches to do halftime interviews. It's in the contract. We pay them money to do that, and they said yes. And then they want to complain, well, I don't want to do an interview at halftime. Well, it, we don't care whether you want to do it or not. You agreed to it, and we paid you for it. You know, that, that's, sort of, that's sort of the way this stuff works, and, and somehow college sports acts like um, everybody's impinging upon, upon their rights here, and nobody is. And, and again, like, if, if any of these schools, if Ohio State decides this is not for us, they can play in Division Two or Division Three, and we can have the Buckeyes versus Amherst at the shoe for free admission and no TV, and and see how Buckeye fans like that. I, I don't think they'll like it, and I don't think they'll stand for it. But everybody can talk all they want to, but their actions show that they want to participate in this multi-billion-dollar entertainment industry run off their college campus. But but they just don't want to pay their employees, being the players, and that's just not going to work. Well, I guess we've reached the end of the interview and the point where I always ask you if you want the job. This is the first time the job is actually up there. Mark Emmert's leaving. Would you take it over, Jay? I mean, and implement everything here? 
I know maybe something would have to freeze over that's very warm, but what do you think? Would you do it? You want it? So you're a, you're asking a you're asking a person, would you like to take the helm of a ship that the last captain ran aground? Um you, you know, the answer would probably be for most sane people no. But um look, I, I've always said and I've said this to you, like I, I've always wanted to help. So if I could help in any way, they'll never ask me, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> because because, you know, it, it's a uh it, it's a job that requires um it's a job that requires being honest about the business and the business is a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry and each school is responsible for educating their students the ncaa office has never educated a single student that's not what they do just like just like they've never you know they can talk about health and safety and and uh and medical well-being and all that they have never operated on or or rehabbed a single athlete that's not what they do the schools do that uh, so that's up to each individual institution. What they really do is they run a really good basketball tournament, and they do it really well. Outside of that, the NCAA doesn't do a whole lot of things well. What, what they really do is muck up a lot of things and screw up a lot of things. But, but they've had a free ride with regard to athletes for over 100 years now, and the free ride is over. And, uh, and you know, look, nobody turned their TV off last year with NIL and the transfer portal. Not one TV got shut off. And and that what we were told that as soon as athletes get more than the scholarship, it's over. You know, nobody's going to watch anymore. The product's going to diminish. And the Big Ten is about to sign a, a, a contract for their media rights that will be worth over a billion dollars a year and pay each institution in that league $70, $80 million a year, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, the idea that people think that this is not going to continue to increase in value and can continue to do well because – Live sports is, if not the most valuable thing in media, it's one of the most valuable things. And it's not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger and better. Jay, you're the man. Look for my call again. You be well. Hit him straight in the meantime if you get a chance. Thanks for the call. All right, brother. I'll see you in July when I get out to L.A. Always. You know you've always got a spot here. Thanks, Jay. You take care. We'll chalk before the draft, too. That's Jay Billis at Jay Billis. So there's that. Let's take a break. We're very late for Bob Ryan, and I don't like being late for Bob Ryan. We're back in a moment right here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Bob Ryan here on the Rich Eisen Show. Our terrestrial radio audience is uh, back with us here on Peacock and Sirius XM. I mean, I'm just looking at the cover of the book, 
Um, and you say don't judge a book by its cover, but you can with this one because there are the scoring sheets that are on there, including one that looks like uh, um, it's autographed by Reggie Jackson. Okay, that's a great story. So this is what I say when I have personal anecdote. Uh, first of all, Reggie and I had a good relationship. I don't know why he, he, he took to me and when he was covering I was with the Yankees, and we had a nice little relationship. <clears throat> Fast forward from the night that he hit the three home runs in night, game six in 1977, which I covered, covered that game for the Boston Globe in the World Series of 77. Fast forward 26 years. It is the ALCS of 2003. Reggie is traveling with the Yankees. He arrives in Boston. I bring my scorebook to have him sign this. Uh, I show it to him. We're standing in front of the dugout, and Yankee dugout. He grabs the book, runs up to the batting cage where Joe Torre is standing, and is gesticulating and pointing to it and pounding his chest. And as almost as he's saying, you know, Joe, I used to play. Did you know that? <laughs> and and, and uh, showing him the book, and then he runs back and he signs the book. And you can see that signature. You've you got to believe he practiced that a thousand times. Oh, of course. And the highlight, folks, is it's Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, and then in the loop inside the capital J, number 44. I mean, how cool is that? And is, it, is that... Is that the score sheet from? It looks like uh, from his oh, that's it. That's from the, the three home run game. I scored in 1977. I, as I said, that's from my yeah. first book in 1977. I'm into my tenth book this year, uh, and, and in 2022. And and uh, there was something from each of the nine books that uh, that we wrote when we we and I say we because it very much is a collaborative process. Yes. That when we wrote the book. Bob Ryan here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, and 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 that's why I can't wait to to dive into this, Bob. Is it's it's you know old school, and and I know I sound you know frequently on this program get off my lawn about the shift and mm-hmm. and all the stuff going on in baseball now, where it's just a walk, a home run, or a strikeout like so many times, and I I just and we're talking about exit velocity, and this just <laughs> reminds me of a different time and and how the sport has changed. What do you make of how the don't sport is? Don't forget launch angle. Uh, or spin rate. I know, um, right? I mean, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the gate way the game has, I won't say evolved, I'll say devolved. I'm not happy with it, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that somehow we can get it reversed in some way. And, uh, but, uh, right, I'm not pleased with it at all. But this, this speaks to, a, a, I was going to say, a, a more relaxed and happier time and a more sensible time in baseball, uh, for sure. Uh, I'll give you an example of, what, here's, of what's in the book that will never be seen again. On the 25th of September, 1977, uh, the Red Sox were playing their last road game of that season in Tiger Stadium. Reggie Cleveland took to the mound. Eighteen hits later, he had a complete game 12-5 victory, in which he struck out one, walked no one, and had two three-ball counts, definitely scattering 18 hits. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that one again. Mm. That's the old game. No, I, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that front as well. You know, Bob, because um, I, I just remember a different time where the game was more wide open and the game was more um, about stealing a base, about a hit and run, about making sure somebody's in, uh, you know, hitting the gap, not mm-hmm. putting four outfielders in there because the analytics says something like that, or. We're just the, the, and 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 I could see again the metric on this show that I I I I try and plug into what fans of this show want to hear or see, and the metrics I could see is our YouTube page in this 21st century. I could see what people want to talk about or what's interesting them to them, and the only baseball items that that rate is when I rant against Angel Hernandez. <laughs> or Dan Bellino uh, massages Madison Bumgardner's pitching hand while staring into his eyes. Like uh, that—that's what rates right now for baseball. Well, it, it, it is—it's depressing for me. It's a scary. I, uh, you know, and I—nothing's forever. You know, this is our oldest team sport in America. Uh, it goes, you know, the organized baseball leagues go back as far as the 1860s, and certainly the most famous, the first real one that stuck was 1871. So we go back well over 150 years. And, uh, and it, it was our, our, our national pastime. It is no longer. We know that. Uh, it, I think it has things in it that no, no other game has. Uh, that, but uh, generations change. Things change. I remind people that 
um, on the onset of the 20th century, the three most popular sports in America, without any question, right up to 1960, roughly, were baseball, boxing, and horse racing. Mm. Now, we know what's happened to the other two, and, and let's salute uh, Strike Rich, or yeah. Strike, whatever his name is. Yes. I watched that race, too. But um, we know what's happened to the other two, and it would be folly for baseball to think that the changing tastes of a, of a, of a 21st century population uh, wouldn't consign baseball to the dustbin as well, if, they don't, if they're not careful about the product they're putting out there. I think we both feel that way. And then I, I, I am remiss in one other, uh, uh, I guess, baseball story that people, uh, it resonates with them, and, and this, is a, this is a good one, is Otani. Whenever we talk about Otani, people kind of dig that. Grand Slam home run, oppo last night. This guy is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And him and Trout together, finally. It, this is some good stuff, right? Well, that, we, that's the we, good stuff. We had a show, full showcase last Thursday mm-hmm. in Boston. Uh, he went seven wonderful innings, striking out 11, just dazzling people. I mean, by the second inning, I'm sitting there looking at this. I said, he's got one guy on a fastball. He's got another guy on a slider. He's got another guy on, on, a, on a straight, old-fashioned curveball. He's got another guy on a splitter. I said, when's the changeup coming? And this is before the second inning was over. He had struck out four different people on, on, on different pitches. And then, of course, he gets two hits. He hits the ball to the 420 sign in, in center, which, uh, and he hits one off the wall. Uh, it was the full showcase uh, for much part. And he's extraordinary. And, and, of course, they had a wonderful note in their, in their notes that this is the first time since 1919, and you can guess who, that where the starting pitcher batted in the top four spots in the order. Bob Ryan here on the Rich Eisen Show. I asked this question for uh, my wife who's right across the way and who re- you read Bob all the time, right? Oh, Sam? yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, like, you're, like you're smiling, like this is your childhood basically coming to life right there. <clears throat> I don't mean to, to date you, Bob, but this That's is the okay. truth. That's okay. I like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite Fenway moment? Uh, it would be the combination of games four and five in 2004. From the ninth inning on, when, when, when Millar earned the walk off of Rivera, Dave Roberts stole the most famous stolen base in Red Sox history and one of the handful of most famous in all of baseball history. And then uh, Bill Miller singles up the middle and ties it up, and then we then go into the 14th, and Poppy hits one out. And then the next day, which was an excruciating, wonderful, just incredible baseball roller coaster, the 14 innings, uh, and, and they, uh, you know, when uh, Tim Wakefield is and pass bowling with uh, uh, Varitek, the winning run around the third before he finally strikes out Ruben Sierra, and then Poppy gets a 10-pitch at-bat, blooper single to win. Two games took over 11 hours, Rich, and ended on the same calendar day because game four ended after midnight and game five started at 5 p.m. And the combination of them and, of course, the whole drama of it, the Yankees, and we didn't know how it was going to be fulfilled, but we knew that you know something might very interesting might be happening, and of course we all know that it did. I would have to say that. Uh, uh, and one other, though, I have to cite, uh, and I was present in 1967 uh, uh, on final day when they beat the Twins to, to uh, win the pennant and, and uh, culminating the great impossible dream season in which I started out being indifferent to the Red Sox as a college student and wound up going to 27 games, mostly with my then-girlfriend, now wife of 50. To almost 53 years, and and uh, that day will be remembered by Red Sox fans of the, of a certain age forever. October 167. You're smiling broadly over there, Suze. Just I, listening to this whole thing. I'm smiling. Part of me is laughing because that you're sick to your stomach hearing this because you're such a Yankee. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Though. But it also, Bob, it's the way you and Leslie Visser seem to remember every single pitch. <laughs> Every single at bat, it's it's insane, and I'm I'm laughing because I don't remember what I did yesterday. Well, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm 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 fortunate in that I have that one aptitude. I won't say skill. Uh, it's for words. It's for there is a part of me in my brain retains this arcane information, and and I because I have no mechanical skill, I do not know what I could have done for a living if I didn't possess this other aptitude. No, I'm very very serious. I'm hopelessly mechanically inept. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm overwhelmed by the technology of the day. I, I I I'm lucky I know how to tweet. I do know how to tweet, but. Um, uh, you know, it, it, I'm just fortunate. Words and, and, and playing with them and rearranging them and, uh, are, are what I can do. And, and, and then uh, these things stick in my mind that uh, are kind of bizarre, but uh, thank God they do. Well, I mean, scoring also helps, right? I mean, scoring helps you oh. remember stuff and jar your memory, not just looking at the score sheet, but it does actually help you remember, well, this was out, that was the, this guy was on, that sort of thing. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. And, you know, of course, one of the 
things about scoring. It keeps you in the game. It forces you to concentrate. And, and uh, so if something sticks, and, and uh, I, uh, I, I happen to think it's a lot of fun. And, and, uh, uh, at the end, but uh, um, so, yes, it, it's part of it. But once again, it's, it, it fits in with my limited aptitude. That's what I got. I don't have anything else to offer. I'd be remiss, Bob, before hanging up with you, Bob Ryan, here on the Rich Eisen Show, if I did not bring up the current Celtics to you. Uh, did not think uh, when you were coming on today that uh, Al Horford and John Havlicek would be in the same sentence, but uh, <laughs> such is you know, the case. That was an inspiring, uh, uplifting performance by, and all the more so because when you know that this is one of those athletes that you can point to your kid and say, please be like him. Do what. Listen to him. Uh, Al Horford is for real. He's, he's, and you actually, uh, Rich, a year ago, you know how his season ended, right? In Charlotte, it ended. It didn't end at the end. It ended in the middle. They sat him down permanently so they could play kids. He was he was a, an appendage. He was like surrogate assistant coach. And the Celtics traded Kemba Walker to get him back. And most people just you know arched their eyebrows and shrugged. Oh wow, we want him back. He's done, right? Didn't Charlotte tell us he's done? And look at that last night. I mean, that is just one of the great stories of the year. I mean, and again, for, for Brad Stevens to say, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs and let's hire Ime Udoka from uh, Toronto and let's figure out what we're going to do with this roster and the fact that they're now in a best of three against the defending champs mm-hmm. after taking that one last night. It's truly, you know, uh, all the Celtics fans that I know from uh, my colleague here, Chris Brockman, my brother-in-law, my son, my youngest son, they, th- this is uh, like one of the most enjoyable Celtic seasons they could ever remember. Well, well you know? it has been since January. I can tell you that when the season started, yeah. and I, I told people after a week they're annoying. You know they're better in your heart, but they're not doing it. Why aren't they playing better? Why aren't they doing what you know they can do? And this was true right up to the middle of January, and they suddenly got the epiphany, whether Amy got due to them or whether they started listening for a change or whatever. Uh, everything fell into place. Tatum started figuring it out. Brown, uh, smart, who I never thought could be a true point guard, uh, has turned into a legitimate point guard. Uh, and, of course, Robert Williams stayed healthy and long enough to make a difference, and which was the big issue with him. And, and Al was... Filling, filling all the spots here very nicely. Right now, when they play their best, Rich, they can play with anybody. I'm not predicting a win in the series. I'm not predicting the uh, conference finals. I'm not predicting anything. I'm simply saying that there's no team they can't beat. I don't see a Colossus. The league doesn't have a Colossus team. It's got some pretty nice teams. So they're in the mix, and, and I think people are enjoying the ride. And then lastly, um, how about Tom Brady taking every hometown discount that he gave to Bob Kraft and taking it out of the hide of the Murdochs? Um, <laughs> Ten years, $375 million deal, reportedly, for him to now be the number one voice in a, in a, in a football booth. Did you ever think that would be the end of the Brady uh, football ride as a no, player? No, I won't say it's the last thing, but it certainly wasn't high on the list of things I thought he would do. I thought he would devote all his time to huckstering, huck, huck, you know, uh, huckstering his product, TB12. <laughs> he still can. You know, it, it is just a ridiculous, you know, bunch of nonsense. But, but um, I thought that's what he would be doing. Uh, I hope that hey, I don't care if, if Murdoch wants to spend that money, uh, Fox wants to spend that money. Fine, but I, I hope they know what they're getting. I I can't imagine they're going to get anything more than a glorified Joe Montana unless there's a whole other Tom Brady that the world has never seen. He simply doesn't fit the profile of, of, a, of, a, of a, uh, an entertaining uh, analyst as far as I can see. Well, I mean, all the times that uh, you may have interviewed him or Shaughnessy, your longtime colleague at uh, The Globe or anyone else, he was given the Belichick line, right? Give you nothing, say nothing, don't give the other team anything. Very cautious, very protective of his right. image, and, uh, and, 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 you know, intelligent. You know he was intelligent. And, right. and, and my friend Shelley Pierce wrote a good book about him moving the chains, and he went back to Michigan and talked to people, and there's no question he's an intelligent guy. But he's shrewd. I mean, look at the way he's constructed his life. He, he, he's not a hermit. He goes out in public, yet he's, he's got an invisible shield protecting him from the public, even if he's standing five feet away from you. I mean, he's just been able to do that. Marries a supermodel. He never married the girl, went out with the girl next door. It was always, it was, it was always some celebrity, and then Richard Moynihan before her. He marries the most famous model in the world. She makes more money than him. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing life that he's constructed, and, and he just glides through it. And well, I guess this will be the latest chapter. Well, I guess you also have to now amend that to she- he makes more money than him, line. 
potentially. <laughs> I, although I shouldn't say that. I have no yeah, idea. Say. Oh, she's still she's 80, still on top of that. Yeah, okay. I have no idea. <laughs> That'll be for another book. Uh, in scoring position, forty years of a baseball love affair. Bob Ryan, let's do this more often. Uh, oh, I'd be, I'd be very very pleased to. Good to talk. Would you me. please say hi to Mr. Tony for me? Will you oh, please absolutely. do that for me? I absolutely will do that. Okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be on around the horn tomorrow, but I'll convey the message to Mr. Please Tony. do that. That'll be part of the five good minutes okay. uh, when you do to chat okay. with him on that front. Thanks for the call, Bob. Oh, Appreciate welcome. it. That's Bob Ryan from ESPN and, of course, longtime uh, sports writer in Boston. Go buy this book. This is going to be great. In scoring position, 40 years of a baseball love affair. I almost brought up great on Helen to him. You should have. That's a great story. I'll tell this story re- real quick, then we'll take a break. And then also we have a breaking issue in our family about which game one plays when one is the starting pitcher, which is happening right now. So I need to oh my ask gosh. you your opinion. Oh, on yeah, the big, big playoff game, as I mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so great on Helen is uh, in your family, yes. right? My Uncle George's wife. There you go. And I had, I was just friends with the woman across the way at the time. Um, Still shooting your shot? Oh, my gosh. Um, she made you work. We'll get to that later. No, <laughs> again, that conversation yeah. is for a moment when she's sitting in this chair. We and tried. I'm not she, here. We tried. She got tight lip. Yeah. But, you know. Well, at any rate, and and it's time to break. She was no, but great on Helen was the only Yankee fan of the family. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody else, they're all Red Sox, Red Sox, the whole thing. And so here I am. Susie's friend, friend in quotes, yeah, quote unquote. Uh, showing up. This, I believe it was at a Passover Seder, if I'm not mistaken, your mom's old place in, in Boston. And the conversation was being had at the table about me being a Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. And she's a Yankee fan and a diehard baseball fan. And I think your brother brought up the name of Hawk Harrelson. And sure. she started cursing her head off. <laughs> cursing her head off. And I'm like, oh, God, I didn't expect that sort of reaction. She was really angry. Your brother started laughing, and I began to realize early on that your brother was a mixer who liked stirring things up when he knew he could stir things up. Scott, no way. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> long story short, Great Aunt Helen had this incredible autograph book that she took to baseball games since she was a little girl. And she had every major, big-time, all-time great, you name it, their name was in this book, right? Was Ty Cobb in the book or something like Ty that? Ty Cobb. Name it. Babe Ruth. Gehrig. Name it. They were all in this book, and she brought it to the stadium all the time, including the early 60s when she goes to Fenway Park. Fenway Park. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and she hands the book to Hawk Harrelson, who was playing at the time, and to frame the sign. And he looks through it, thumbs, thumbs through it, stops on a page, signs it, and hands it back to her. And Hawk Harrelson signed the same page as Babe Ruth. Oh. <laughs> Ruined it. And was she would just lose her mind every time my brother would bring name. it up. Every and he'd bring it up, of course. Wow. Every time he could. So Here's every the time I, I always think of that story whenever I hear Hawk Harrelson used to call games, but no longer. But oh could you imagine? Who's the question? Here's the question. Who is in possession of this book right now? Oh, so ready for this? Oh, this is careful. a nightmare. Careful. Okay. careful. Apparently, her son-in-law sold it for a pittance, and my brother Dude, had a coronary. It is a big. St- it's a oh. big. It's, it's a whole. It's, it's oh, a whole TJ. to do. Yeah, that's you just touched a third oh. rail family subject over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whoever has the book, look at Babe Ruth's page. You see Hawk Harrelson. Put a, <laughs> put that on the board. All right, we'll take a break right here on the Rich Eyes. I almost brought that up to you know Bob, but wanted to talk about other stuff. All right, I'll learn about what's going on in my own household when we come right back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs and the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 844-204-RICH is the uh, number to dial here on the program. So what's happening in our in wow. our world, Suze? What's happening right now? So the <laughs> Rays of the Sherman Oaks Little League advanced, yes. as you know, because yes. you scored the game last night. Yes. Uh, to the second round of the playoffs. By the way, I'm score. I, I officially scored. Official score. I like it. And, and you, you know what? You didn't say to him, and it's so true that mm. scoring is meditative. It's very relaxing it to score. A game. It is. It's relaxing to score a game, and plus, you also can remember the right. sequence of events in a game when you score it. You it it. It's great. I'm, I did it because I sucked when I played, so I was a so you kept score. Yeah, and I did it for my brother with. Were you good at keeping score, Mike? Christy, with our buddy Christy that never called in for me. What are you better at? Keeping score or, oh, or doing the board? Or doing the board or doing the board? I uh, I I was I had my own box of pencils, perfect. Oh, I was like amazing. Oh, oh I brought my own like okay. I had a clipboard with oh man, are you kidding me? Yeah. I was a professional. You gotta you have a gut you have to have a good pencil. Yes. Okay. And it's, get, it, it's got you gotta keep on yes. by multiple the way, pencils. You, know what, you, you can't, can't have one. No, no a number a two a number two pencil. You can't have like that 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 one where where the mechanical click it. No chick clicker? The, what is it? It's like clicker. The chic clicker? Chic. Yes. Be very clicker. careful. <laughs> There's very about careful. five things I thought you said there, and none of them are intelligible. She almost went full Steve Leaves. I will never go full leaves. Thank you so much. She almost went full leaves talking about Randy Johnson's back. Hey, listen, we have a crisis on our hands. Can we focus here, please? Because Oakwood Elementary boys. Fifth grade oh, soccer team. Giving everyone a shout out here. Hey, is, uh, they're asking if Coop's going to be the starting midfielder today. And he is a three o'clock game, and he's a starting pitcher for the Rays at five. Right. He oh. went to school after we left today yeah. in full uni, That's, including I mean, shin guards. He wants to do it for soccer? He, he thinks he's, he's not playing, playing soccer, soccer no, he's first. Not. He's no, he's he wants not. to do a Dion. Poor Why? Brian Luxman is, is wondering. He's texting he wants to be me. A Dion? He wants to be a Dion. Yeah, he's yeah, texting me. There's no helicopter to take him to the game. So yeah, is that the reason you want to do it for transportation Excuse purposes? Me guys. Excuse me, guys. Let's focus. <laughs> Should he play both? Yes. Should yes. he play yes. two? Or does he play the first half? You know Cooper. He's not going to want to go and cheer on the team on the sidelines. Do we pick him up at two? Do we let him play soccer? But no. what happens if his circle changeup is shady? By the way, you're giving away played. all the secrets. Let's not let, let's, <laughs> what, let's what tell do you what, think? The Sherman Oaks Little League is recording this and saying, listen, well, they look should for the be. circle yes. change. Yes. 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 They might. Yeah, we got a banner in the outfield. Yes. We have a <laughs> banner in the outfield. Yes. Yes. With their Apple Watches. Yes. What are we going to do? I have to I have to let, I got a breaking news I'm going to be here. the John Shore host do we all get say no. Do we all, the four of us get a no. vote on this? No, I mean. No, no, no. Can he do both? Is it? Is it? 100? He can do both. Then that's he, it. He's not going to do both. Why? But, but hold on. He's got the game starts. No what time? The game is at five. First pitch, five. Yeah, not five oh five, but five. Yeah, he's got to get there to warm up. He's it's, the starting pitcher of a playoff game. It's more park. You know, it could be traffic. Oh, it could you be can nothing. Where's the soccer yeah, game at, though? One. It doesn't matter. Doesn't oh, matter. it does like, matter. No, it, no, guys, first of all, I don't want to give the full world the GPS to our life, okay? <laughs> Number two, I don't want at all my son being gassed. 
period. They played yesterday. They advanced. They crushed it. They played a great game. They're depending on him to focus on being the starting pitcher against the best team in the league. He is not going to be running around as some middle infielder so some kid can take him out like – Spikes up like Ty Cobb. Apparently, his no son. Way. Somebody's going to yell that? card him his out son. of a start. So no you're way. saying soccer doesn't mean as much. Our then. son's a gamer, and I respect no, him being a gamer. Though. He gets that from you instead of me. I'm a gamer when it comes to the mic. When it comes to actually wanting to compete and beat the crap out of somebody, this doesn't that sound comes like from your side. This apparently, sound like you're a gamer. TJ. TJ, apparently last week mm-hmm. I made a 16-year-old very upset because I was unhappy with his umping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a kid from high school was filling <laughs> in as an ump, and she's I'm giving us a yelling at him. Uh, by the way, while I'm on the set of the NFL Those draft, really I'm here. Loose strike zone. I'm getting all Those these texts really about. Loose strike zone. I'm getting texts like she's watching Angel Hernandez squeezing my child's strike zone. Susie doesn't Look, like a loose strike zone. No, you know? no, I'm bringing down the curtain on soccer for the day. All right, I'll let Brian. Well, I don't know, man. By the way, our coach is probably listening. <laughs> Can we put that up as a poll? It's no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to let Twitter handle this. Why not? No, there are certain things no, where I've got, got a preemptory, and this is it. <laughs> he's got a playoff. He's got the the kid right. is dressed. He's hey, got his uniform just, on. He wants spit, this, Rich. Excuse me. Let me spit truth. Okay, please do. The center of the uh, family universe is sitting across the way. I'm looking at her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Rock. The 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 person my who, wife everybody my wife my, my wife. wife Susie is sitting right there she she makes ninety eight percent of the decisions of our household there are if I have a two percent decision making this one is mine and I will and if and if somehow some way the U S men's national team loses a World Cup soccer game 15, 16 years from now because I didn't let my son play in this game. I apologize to America. That ain't happening, okay? This is not going to affect anything. And I'm not saying that my son's going to win a World Series game later on because he's pitching today. I'm saying he's going to win multiple World Series games because he's pitching in this game today. He is a lefty, and he is throwing strikes and I can retire on this stuff 20 years from now. All right? Mark Marinovich would let Todd play. 10 years from now, I'm retiring. Rich can't believe believe this kid is his. Richard uh, Williams would let Venus and or Serena play. He is starting today. He is focusing on today. His teammates are depending on him to focus on today, and he can play soccer another day. You think LeVar Ball would tell Lonzo no? Yes. You can, yeah. you, by the way, you don't have to finish that sentence. The answer is yes. <laughs> you think T. Morant would tell Ja he couldn't play both? How do you not even have the the Levar ball? God, like I'm he's bad. he's, he's feverishly. Like, you have the glasses oh, on. Put your glasses on. Put your Mike. glasses on, Mike. No wonder he can't find anything. I'll do it for him. Big ball of Bram back here. To Big stay. ball of Bram, we here to stay. <laughs> That's me. That's me right now. You know what I'm thinking? God forbid he got hurt. We'd have to tell his team that he couldn't play. He couldn't but play because he went up. Because he, he played in, in some regular well, season get, soccer game. And he's a first baseman when he comes out. Of course, he's playing three positions. He's Coop Toddy. You could, I mean, come he's on. He's pitching and thin hitting today. He could get hurt doing anything. Like Brian Pacino wants to saying, call in. I think the, the decision is made. Like, oh. like Pacino saying, you get killed walking your doggy. Like, Hello? anything could happen. Yeah. You play to win the game. Correct. Play to win the game. It's the playoffs, man. Coop oh, wants to play. Talk about Let playoffs. Coop play. Let Coop play. Playoffs. Let Coop play. Thank you. Playoffs. Let Coop Thank play. You.